Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, you're going to love this show today on Your Story with Melinda because we're going to give you help and hope for navigating life's transitions. I've got Kristen Strong on the line from Colorado Springs, Colorado, to help us with life's transitions and help me not freak out when change comes into my life. Kristen is a popular blogger at Chasing Blue Skies and a Day Springs Encourage, as well as a writer whose work has appeared in Mom Sense and Family Fun magazines. She and her husband David have three children, and together this military family has zigzagged across the country and one ocean several times. And she is the author of Girl Meets Change, Truths to Carry You Through Life's Transition. Kristen, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, this is timely for me, and I have a lot of questions for you about this this book, and I know that you're going to be able to help me and, and our listeners. But let's start off first. Kristen, why did you write this book, Girl Meets Change? What was happening with you and your life that you felt, ah, i got to write this down and, and get a book out there to the world? <laughs> Well, you know, when I came around to write that book, I'd finally learned just a couple of things about how to make peace with change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in an environment, so what started me to write this book is really the contrast from my growing up years to my married years. Uh, I grew up on a street called O'Neill Lane, so a, a gravel lane out, um, out in the country, mm-hmm. O'Neill Lane. My maiden name is O'Neill, and everybody who lived on O'Neill Lane's <laughs> last name was O'Neill. <laughs> so, as you might imagine, it was very much um, an environment of comfortable familiarity. I had a deep, deep well of family on that lane and in the, my, my, the nearby town, um, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, more cousins than, you know, you can, as we say in my part of my, my Oklahoma upbringing, more cousins than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, I just had this real beautiful protected environment where things just didn't often change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that environment up until I went to college. And even when I went to college, I went to Oklahoma State, only an hour away from where I grew up. And many of my friends also went to Oklahoma State, many family members. So while that was certainly an, a change and an adjustment um, to a certain level, it didn't feel like a, a huge change. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at Oklahoma State is where I met my uh, future husband, David Strong. David had moved several times, and he was already in the military. So uh, certainly marrying him, um, the Air Force officer, that introduced me to change kind of in a baptism by fire kind of mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. So um, those first, especially those first 10 years of marriage, it was rough. I did not deal with the change well. It was partly because that was just a brand new concept for me Mm -hmm. to go from having such a deep well of extended family around to it often just being me when he was gone for training or what have you. Um, You know, it was just me and just sort of, you know, had to learn to build my own community 
um, since, um, you know, I wasn't around the one that I had grown up with. Mm-hmm. So that is really kind of that, that backstory there is a springboard for the book because um, while, you know, change happens to everyone, I, we cannot avoid it. You don't have to be a military wife, certainly, to know that. Mm-hmm. But whether you can kind of thrive through it and live well during it, that is, you know, something that's kind of up to us. So I just felt really strongly led to write this book to help women um, better get a better view of change, to see it in a new light, and to really um, be something that meets them at the crossroads of their own anxiety and God's sense of purpose. Yeah, see, and that's good, Kathy. And why I say this is timely for me is that growing up, I would do my Myers-Briggs, I would do personality tests, and they would always be like, flexible, adventurer, you know, (laughs) so open to change, open to it, you know, would you rather A, be in a routine office job, or B, be an adventurer and, you know, sort of like, you know, fly off the seat of your pants, do something. It was always like, B, I'm the adventurer. But as I got older, and I did my Myers-Briggs just recently, which is interesting, I actually skewed more to, I need, I like routine. I actually don't (laughs) like change. I'm actually not the adventurer. I actually like to know and control sort of what's happening, which is interesting, right? But I, I, there is a part of me now that I get a little nervous and anxious when change comes around. And is that a normal thing? Or are people supposed to be very much more open and like, yeah, bring it on, you know, God's given me this opportunity, I'm just going to step forward in faith and encourage and go. Oh, yeah, I think you're completely normal. Okay. (laughs) Yes, you're completely normal. Um, You know, with um, the book and everything coming out, we put a fun little quiz together, and you can find that at girlmeetschange.com. But it's this quiz called, Is Change Your Friend or Enemy? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you just take it, and then you see the results, how friendly you are and how friendly you are not with change, and or how friendly you aren't with change. Mm -hmm. And I I can see all the results, like all the test takers, and the vast majority of them are not friends with (laughs) change, or not definitely not good friends with change change. Mm. So I think that's completely normal. And, you know, I think while there are definitely, there's different personality types and those that seek out adventure, rather those that are maybe more homebodies and like a spirit of sameness, Mm. um, you know, difficult change affects everybody. And I think even if you are one of the more adventure-seeking people, if you had that constantly all the time, it would be hard for your soul to kind of reset. I think you need some sense of sameness every once in a while to um, kind of call you home there. And um, so I think difficult change affects everyone. And there's, there's going to be at some point a change that enters everyone's life that you don't want and that you didn't ask for. Right. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's a change in your marriage. Um, your baby goes off to college. You get a diagnosis right out of the blue, you know, something is going to happen that isn't, whether you're an adventurer or not, that's going to kind of throw you for a loop. What would you say, Kristen, when, like you said, because I've been through a lot of change that didn't necessarily, I choose, but it happened to me. So whether it was job changes or my marriage ending or uh, just disappointments in in different things, um, what would you say is when that happens, the the best first reaction, because I didn't do it well. I mean, yeah, I yelled and I screamed sure. and I did my thing. And then I was, I was resentful. And, and I don't know, are those normal reactions? Or is there a healthier way to respond to change that happens to you that you feel well, you like know, you don't have control of? 
You know, I I'm I feel like your reaction, your, especially for your initial reaction, it's completely healthy to just own up that you do not like it, and whatever that looks like, screaming, um, <laughs> you know, having a fit, telling God, you know, exactly what your thought is on all of this. I, you know, He can an- handle our honest emotions. He isn't surprised by them in the first place. So if we go to Him in our most non Sunday school voice, I don't think He's turned off by it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think He embrace. I think he loves it because when we show our real wounds to somebody then that shows that somebody that we find them to be our safe they find we find them to be safe mm-hmm. so when we throw show god that we really do find you to be a safe place for us then that honors him and i think that glorifies him as well and so i'm a real big believer in not just getting over the change um i know it's my uh my tendency to want to do that to think there are worse problems in the world than what you're going through right now Kristen. you need to go ahead and pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you need to just march on because this you know life is not ending you're going to be fine and yes in the end, I will be fine no matter what happens. But I think God is um, not, God does not mind when we bring the loss to him. Um, when, when I think of the passage, um, when, or the, the, the part of the Bible when, um, that talks about where Jesus went to visit Lazarus, um, Mary and Martha had told him that his, their brother had died, and, and Jesus, when he got there, it says in the Bible that he was greatly troubled. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at the original um, language for that, it means like, it, it, it's akin to a bull snorting. So greatly troubled really means that he was angry. Mm-hmm. And the reason he was angry that Lazarus died is because it appeared that death had a temporary victory here. And as the one who came to overcome death, that made him mad. Mm-hmm. So he allowed space for that anger. So if he allowed space for it, he certainly doesn't have a problem with us allowing space for it. Now, does that mean we have to never get out of that part, you know, of our kind of the, the stage of grief, of, of mourning the loss? No, we eventually do need to take steps, healthy steps to, to, um, to move on. Mm-hmm. However, we do need to give appropriate time to to feel the loss, to give it a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing, too, with that is that for me, when I was going through change, I had some really good friends and a great um, community that helped me yeah. through that change. And I don't honestly, family and really trusted friends, um, like my tribe, who really helped me through, like picked me off the ground when I was in the fetal position, encouraged yeah. me that I could do this, let me stay at their place when you know, my marriage had dissolved and I had no job. I mean, it really was important to have a good community around as you go through these changes. And I know a lot of people don't have that, but I think that's a really key uh, part of really, you know, surviving and thriving as you go through difficult changes. Absolutely. I think during times of intense change, that's not the time to be an island. Right. You you really do need to have your community of people there to um, help just provide you perspective, not only like yours so beautifully did provide biblical perspective, but also to give you an accurate picture of yourself during through all this, mm-hmm. you know. So you're not, you know, my life is over. It will never be good again. It will, you know, I will never recover for this. Friends are able to to say you will recover from this because I will be there alongside you. Yeah, that's good. Kristen, you know, you talk about truths to carry you through life's transition. What would you say would be your top one, two truths 
what what are things that we can us myself and the listeners sort of take with this and and that's been mentioned in the book as well Oh, sure. Well, you know, I I would say the top truth to take with you is the importance of being thankful during times of change. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. And I love that Bonhoeffer quote that says says something along the lines of, you know, if if God is not going to, um, or if if you are not going to be thankful for the little things, why should God give you the bigger thing? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's especially t- a timely word during during times of change because it does feel so big, and it often is. It doesn't just feel like it. It just is such a big thing in our life and overshadows everything we're doing. So I feel gratitude is really the top thing um, to remember. And um, you know, I love the story of um, one of my heroines. Fav- she may be my favorite heroine mm-hmm. of the faith, Corey Ten Boom. Oh yes. She talks about in the hiding in her book, The Hiding Place. Um, Corrie Ten Boom lived in the Netherlands during World War II. Her family um, made a, basically a, a safe house, a shelter to, to hide Jews during the Holocaust. And she ended up being her, she and her family ended up being discovered when somebody turned them in. And so she and her older sister Betsy were sent to Ravensbrück Prison. And when um, when she was at the prison, she describes about going into her dormitory, and um, she she and the other women walk in, and they are senses their senses are immediately hit with backed up plumbing, rancid uh, bedding, and other things. So she she starts to climb up on what would be her bed and feels something just biting at her all over the place. Well, it turns out the bedding was infested with fleas, mm. and. She was absolutely hopeless at that point and said to her sister, Betsy, how can we be thankful in this dreadful, dreadful place? Well, Betsy said, listen, Corey, we were just reading out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where God says to give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give thanks right here, right mm-hmm. now. And Corey at first was like, there is no way God is making mm-hmm. me thankful for a flea. There's no way. <laughs> no way, yes. No way. And Betsy's like, let's do it. Let's be thankful for the fleas. So it says in the book, Corey was thankful. Corey sat right there. Thanks God for every miserable flea. Oh, and see, I'm already, I'm feeling them all over my body right yeah, now. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, like, like absolutely being thankful for the impossible right there. Right. Like. Well, it turns out that um, while they were in that dormitory, no guards, no any type of uh, security from the prison, from the concentration camp, ever went into their dormitory. They were basically able to hold open church there. Um, sang hymns, read scripture from a Bible they had smuggled in. And many of the women there came to know Jesus during that time. Well, it, they came to find out that the reason nobody went into that dormitory is because they knew it was infested with fleas. So that is what, that is just an example mm-hmm. of how those biting things in life, when we stop to give thankfulness or stop to give gratitude for them, often the miracle comes afterwards. And that's the hard thing to remember. Give thanks first and find the miracle afterwards. So what I've learned is when we offer up our gratitude in all things, we are showing how we trust God to use all things too. That is a beautiful truth. And you know what that takes, though, is this recalibration of our of our brain and how we think because our our initial reaction would be like oh my goodness fleas this is disgusting i'm miserable this is hard i'm feeling icky uh what was me victim curl up in a ball and like if there's anybody that had an entitled feeling to feel like a victim 
it would be somebody in a concentration. Absolutely. You are absolutely a victim. Right. And so what uh, you're challenging us, Kristen, is to say, actually, we because that is something where our initial response would always be towards the negative uh, yes. and woe. Whereas this, this is really key, is that you're saying, actually, we come at any change and go, okay, take a breather and pause and go, what can I be thankful for in this? Is this an opportunity? Which, which is interesting because I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was going, oh, my goodness, I will be not in ministry anymore. They're going to take me off my, my um, Christian TV show. And I was thinking of all of these horrific, horrible things that would happen. And I really mm-hmm. didn't thank God for the opportunity that now I'm seeing years later where I'm getting opportunity to share about hope and redemption and second chances and community and mm-hmm. God's faithfulness in my story. And now, you know, I get to speak at churches and that's the story they want. They don't want oh. me to speak about everything else. They actually want me to speak about this horrific for me change that happened in my yes. marriage and in my life. Yes. And I'm oh. like, oh my goodness, that. You know, what you're mm-hmm. saying, though, is to start, yes, go through those emotions, but start in that place yeah. of thankfulness and say, God, how can you make this a good situation, yeah. you know, in spite because of it? If every, absolutely. Because if everything else is gone, we still have Jesus. Yeah. And if that's our starting point for gratitude, then that's what we can say out loud. Yeah, no, that's good. And is that part of the secret to thriving through change? Like, you've talked a lot about this gratitude and being thankful, yeah. but what else, or is that the key about really thriving to cha- through change because that wouldn't be the word I would use for change a lot of people would be like <gasps> through yes. change right <laughs> not well, thrive <laughs> I, w- I would say it's a key as long as as folks understand that you know I am certainly not one that you know again like we were talking about um, embracing or giving the loss with change of space you know I'm not one for like okay just be thankful for it move on okay just say you're thankful and everything will be completely wonderful <laughs> right right so I, but I do think in that process as you as you your heart learns to better accept the change. Gratitude is one of the ways to make that from something you um, just think about to something you do. Yeah, no, that's good. What would you say, Kristen, as far as you, like as you're talking, you know, to God and, and, you know, reading the Bible and as you're going through change, what would you say is your, I guess, not what well, I guess yeah what do you do like what is your sort of routine or I want to say regimen as you go through it personally because I think we can all learn from you is to say you know how do we do this well because we know change is going to happen it will right. it's nothing some, nothing we can avoid but personally what do you do well I, a couple of things you know I would think um, other than the intentional um, leaving room for the loss mm-hmm. being intentional about being thankful you know another thing that I honestly do is um, ask questions. I am a big, big, big question asker. And mm. for a long time, I did not let my questions work for me. And since God always works for me and not against me, He wants my questions to work for me too. So, for example, when I think about um, it, took my husband and I quite a long time to start a family. We had some infertility issues. And so, you know, the questions I asked during that time were lots of, you know, why can't I become a mother? When, you know, why doesn't God think I would be a good mother? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, perhaps somebody else's problem with, uh, that they're dealing with is they've just lost a job. And so they're asking, why, did, why didn't I get this? Why did I have to lose this job? or why didn't I get that job? And I think we have to turn our questions around from focusing on the outcomes of our situations to the purpose of our mm, situations. That's good. 
So for me, it's not really, does God think I would be a good or bad mom? It's really more of, that's questioning the outcomes. Questioning the purpose is saying something like, okay, what else is God wanting to teach me during this time? Or what else does God want to give me during this time? So he always is focused on, or God is always interested in giving me good things, and so I just have to sort of embrace that wait time um, in, in the in-between, what I hope for and what is to come. So one thing I just say is asking the right questions. So instead of asking questions like, why did I lose that job? It's, what better job does the Lord have for me mm, down the road? That's good. That's really yeah. good. So that's one thing that helps me because, like I said, I'm a big, big question asker. And another thing, you know, everything really, um, for me, just always comes back for, to Christ. And so I, I think about how I have, no matter the change, I have everything I need to handle it because I have everything I need in Christ. And, you know, that, that verse from Colossians um, chapter 2 where it says, in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is head over every power and authority. And so all those feelings that, that try to overwhelm me because of the change, um, you know, like th- there's no way I'm going to make it through these ups and downs of parenting changes. Well, the Lord is head over every authority that says there's no way I'll make it through. Mm-hmm. Of course, I will make it through because Jesus is the head over all of that. And he says that I will. So I, I try to just give myself some perspective, um, you know, in, in relation to that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, too, and I, I, I love how you always bring it back to, you know, this relationship with Jesus, God is with us, because I think through change, one of the biggest things was in the scriptures, you know, Isaiah forty one ten, like, I will never leave you or forsake you. You right. know, you know, I will yeah. always be with you. I will, you know, uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I always thought of that because even though life was so unpredictable and things could always happen, the constant and consistent was God was always with us, is always with us. Yeah. And there's an, a reassurance in that, right? Like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So people could leave me. I could not have a job. I could be yeah. completely down and out. But what's the beautiful thing is God will never leave me, and he loves me, and he's with me. And that's Absolutely. that's always a good, that's always a very reassuring thing uh, in every sense. Yes, to know that even though this change is new and um, completely unfamiliar, the same God is present with me in my mm-hmm. life and present through this circumstances. So I will um, make it out okay mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. <laughs> so are you still um, traveling around as far as a military family? Or have, you, have you sort of landed in Colorado Springs for a while? We've landed in Colorado Springs for a while. My husband um, retired from the Air Force mm-hmm. last year after 26 years of service wow so i so we um planned he he always said he'd like to be he'd like to be um kind of uh in this in a more rooted position once our kids were in high school um so that is kind of what's going on now there is still talk we may end up we may end up moving um we're waiting to see kind of what the lord's um doing with some things that he's um, bring into light in our lives. But for now, and for the last five years, which seem, seems like an eternity, <laughs> we have been in Colorado Springs. Oh, that's good. And yeah. and I guess in the last, we have two minutes left in, in this interview, yeah. Kristen, but I guess the last thing for for the girl or the boy who is really afraid to branch out is is sitting in their home going, I'm afraid to take this job. I'm afraid to move. I'm afraid to take this scholarship. I'm afraid. And there's fear that sort of crippled them. Uh, because they like the safety and comfort. What would you say to them? How would you encourage them to say, try it or go for it? Right. Well, I would encourage them to say, 
that, you know, often God uses change to rewrite our stories for the better. Mm -hmm. And if they can hold on to the fact that they know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that that Jesus stays with you as you go. So even if your circumstances change, the same Jesus goes with you and will see you through. And, you know, sometimes it just takes courage to um, leave what is so you can embrace the potential of what will be. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, that takes courage. But you know what? My friend, I have a good friend. um, She's a writer, too, Holly Girth. Mm -hmm. She says, bravery is just doing the thing scared. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think, you know, that's bravery right there. And if we can just have courage to one step in front of the other and know that Jesus holds your hand as you do it, it's just a lot easier, um, a lot more, uh, you feel a lot more confident in moving forward that way with the change. Yeah, Kristen, that is so good. And for you listeners out there, you need to pick up this book, Girl Meets Change, Truths to Carry You Through Life's Transition. Kristen, thank you for your story and your words. This is really key. This is a good book for those that are like, I struggle. Um, I need some encouragement. I, I need some actual hope and truth to carry me through, you know, this change because change is inevitable. <laughs> and so yeah. this is really yeah. timely. And thank you for this. This really helped me as well as I'm going through more change and looking back at a lot of change. So thank you. Thank you for your words and thank you for your courage in uh putting pen to paper and writing this for us. Well, thank you for your encouragement, Melinda. It just means the world. Yeah, so great. And we'll have to get you up to Toronto for sure. Oh, (laughs) I would welcome that with open arms. Okay, awesome. Well, take care and thanks so much, Kristen. Thank you so much too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, in my next chapter, I realize I have lots to learn about change. And Kristen gave lots of good truths to carry me through life's transitions. But the one thing that really stuck out for me when what she said was this, God uses change to rewrite our stories for the better. And that's encouraging because rather than look at change as something negative, as something scary, as something hurtful, or to be honestly convinced that we can be the victim and be angry the rest of our lives, don't let that happen to you. Recalibrate your thinking and think that change is something that we can be thankful about, that we can have a grateful heart about to say, God, in this moment, I need you. I need you to give me a new sense of purpose and direction. And he gives us that. He gives us that courage, that spirit of love, power, and a sound mind that we hear over and over and read over and over in Second Timothy 1.7 in the scriptures. So be encouraged. Let him rewrite our stories for the better. Embrace change and do it. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com.